1: To the 5 o'clock show, it's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby.
2: And we are back. This is Rita Cosby. We have a very special edition of Cats and Cosby. Bo Snurdly is off, of course, this week. The lucky guy who is in Greece. And we continue this half hour with America's Mayor. How much do we love our great Rudy Giuliani? With you,
0: I love this show. You know that. And yesterday, you said you were going to break news, and you did. We did. Boy, do we break news with you. Wow.
2: It, uh, Rudy, do you ever not create fireworks? That's I mean, what I want
0: to know. I could try to do something now if you want. Yeah, you could.
2: Uh, by the way, we're, we're going to make sure of it. you got to keep the pattern. And we have Judge Richard Weinberg, too, with us in studio, our great, great Democrat and also Common Sense one here in the studio.
3: Common Sense judge appointed by Mayor Giuliani for the first judgeship. Very
0: nice. Oh, so, oh I pray to God, God nice. for more of them. Oh,
4: please, 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 God, God, I'm, God. I'm still appearing in court, so I can tell you, there's not a lot of common sense going on there in court, in any of the courts in New York City these days.
2: And, of course, that is longtime Brooklyn GOP Chair Craig Eaton. You guys, first off, can you believe this? Judge Weinberg, we were talking uh, because uh, uh, this is David Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, coming out, responding and basically saying, I'm not going to share any information about this IRS whistleblower and these other whistleblowers, potentially Burisma, all these audio recordings. We're excuse, not going to talk about it. His excuse is
3: it. what? It's it an ongoing investigation? Except they already closed out the investigation. He said so. And there's no there's no privilege or right to
0: withhold information
3: from the Congress.
0: Mr. Mayor. I've, well, hundred percent. And I mean, the investigation is a joke. It's been going on. And going years. on and going on and going on, and I happen to know they in interview witnesses. In an investigation, you interview witnesses. I'll give you one. In January of 2020, I gave them a witness, a woman who was the chief accountant for Burisma. She claims—I don't know if it's true or not—but she claims that she has all of the offshore bank accounts that Burisma was using to get additional money to the Bidens. And a whole bunch of other politicians, American and otherwise. She also claims to have four people that back her up, and she wants to be in the witness protection program in exchange for that. So what the is usual going on with deal, the usual deal you make? And what right. happened with that? What happened? They yeah, never interviewed happened? her. Like they never interviewed, uh, um, about five other people. Like this guy they indicted. They never, they interviewed him and they never followed up. This woman was under threat of death. And she went, and she's disappeared now. What? Wow, well, now we had
2: Comer also, by the way, um, in our studio. Uh, when was it? Like about that, maybe two or three weeks that ago. Was a big James Comer him in the studio. He was great. And by the way, uh, John Matiti's at a big book event today. By the way, because he's got his great book event, and of course, all his big best-selling uh, book is making just huge headlines everywhere. But when he was here in studio, uh, James Comer, and he was talking with me and John, and of course, all of us here, he came out with a, a, a bombshell. He said that not only does the Burisma exec, he believes, have those recordings, uh, 15 recordings uh, with Hunter Biden and the Burisma exec talking about potential bribery is the allegation two with Hunter and the Burisma exec. He said the daughter, he believes, also kept those recordings for insurance. So what's going on with that? It's right? a cover right? up.
0: The, it's a cover up. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. everybody's covering it up. The Burisma exec is going to be tough to flip. The Burisma exec would be equivalent to a middle level organized crime boss. Uh, uh he worth about forty billion. You mean an oil guy in Ukraine could be uh, tied to the mob? That's a new one. Well, Rudy, <laughs> you'd be able to flip him. But I'm gonna <laughs> roll the tell you people his you history. flipped. The guy the guy was the minister of the ecology in the Russian oriented uh Ukrainian government back in twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty no, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And he gave himself all of the best oil properties gave him to Burisma. He had a partner who was running it in Cyprus. Then he got out of government, and they were the biggest oil company in in Ukraine. What's Everybody bit bitter about it. But he's alive. Is he
2: alive? He's alive. sure. This is the guy.
0: So Mykola my Zloshevsky. Now, four months after he's out, his partner, who owned fifty-one percent, he owned forty-nine, disappeared, never to be found again. Is is that that like the
2: Russian generals who are suddenly removed? He
0: he becomes the 100% owner because he cheats the wife out of her her, uh, 51%. The wife is the witness the FBI never interviewed.
2: That's amazing. Well, everybody stay with us uh, because we have some more breaking
1: news. Breaking news. W.A.B.C.
2: And joining us now is the great investigative journalist John Solomon, founder of Just the News. Uh, John, what do you got? We got a lot of explosive stuff here in the studio. What do you have?
5: Absolutely good to hear the mayor's voice. Listen, This is right on topic. Good good to talk to you, Mr. Mayor. Listen, this is right on topic. Chuck Grassley put a letter out to uh, U.S. Attorney Weiss in the last 24 hours saying... Uh, We just found out that before the 2020 election, in fact, two weeks before the 2020 election, U.S. Attorney Weiss's office, so David Weiss, the guy running the Hunter Biden investigation, they were briefed on this very specific uh, bribery allegation that you and the mayor and everyone have been talking about. That means before the 2020 election was decided, the lead prosecutor's office already knew about it. Here we are three years later, the FBI is still trying to claim, hey, that might be under investigation. We can't talk about it. A lot of people rolling their eyes when they hear that. But what an extraordinary thing to learn. We now know that while we were being told, don't believe anything about Hunter Biden, the FBI had already authenticated the laptop that the mayor had gotten in others. And then two, that they knew about this bribery allegation before Joe Biden's uh, job interview with the American people to become president. And we were deprived of that information. Big, explosive revelations uh, from Senator Chuck Grassley today.
2: Now, tell us again, who knew what right before the election? Because who had these conversations and how do we know?
5: So uh, the Justice Department and uh, the FBI went to Delaware and interviewed or, excuse me, gave information to U.S. Attorney uh, Weiss's team. In fact, the the top deputy, Leslie Wolf, who's in in the crosshairs of a lot of questions right now. So Weiss's staff got uh, briefed before the 2020 election was over that there was this allegation of bribery against Joe Biden involving Ukraine, involving Burisma. That's such an extraordinary moment to know that David Weiss has had that for more than three years. And the question that Chuck Grassley asks is, if you've known about it since before the election, what have you done about it? Have you been allowed to investigate it? Did you look into it? Have you not looked into it? Uh, Where are the tapes? Did you go get the tapes? The things that the Mr. Mayor was just talking about. Uh, This is a really big thing. We never knew exactly when Weiss got briefed on this or his staff got briefed on it. Chuck Grassley puts a date on it. It's a specific date, October 23rd, 2020, two weeks before Joe Biden won Mm. the election. Big, big uh, development today. Wow.
2: And how does he know that? How does Grassley know that specifically?
5: The FBI whistleblowers who have been talking to him uh, have been uh, feeding him information. That's how they first learned about the FD-1023, this allegation, and then so much more. So uh, he knows it. uh, And by the way, we're getting nodded that that is true. In fact, uh, Bill Barr is sort of generally confirming that this was referred to um, David Weiss at that time, uh, just think about that. For three years while we've been having this debate, the United States government knew the laptop was real, knew that there was this allegation against Joe Biden. And no one can answer whether anybody ever bothered to look at it. And even go get the tapes, even go get the bank records, um, doesn't appear so from what we now know.
3: Wow. Judge Weinberg, you got a question for John, John Solomon. John, don't you think it's absolutely essential that they line up all the witnesses? Anybody had anything to do with this? They have to get them before Congress. They have to get Weiss in there. They have to get Wolf in there, they have to get the FBI people in there and lay out the uh, the evidence about what they knew and what they did or did not do. And the big question is, and this is where Weiss is trying to run interference for the Attorney General of the United States. He's saying, "Well, I never really asked uh, to be appointed as a special counsel, yeah. and I really wasn't denied anything." And yet you have six live witnesses say that's totally contrary. A year ago, he acknowledged that he was not the decision maker. And the word out on the street is a real decision maker who's controlling this was this lady named Wolf. So they got to get yeah. Weiss in there. They have to get Wolf in there. They have to ask the tough questions under oath. And arguing that they have some sort of right to withhold because it's an ongoing investigation flies in the face of the fact that they closed out the case against uh, Hunter. What say you?
5: Exactly right, Judge. In fact, that process of getting answers could begin tomorrow. Why? Because – FBI Director Chris Ray is going to appear before the House Judiciary Committee today. Jim Jordan said, I'm going to squeeze him hard. I want to know, what did the FBI do with this information that goes all the way back to 2017? Think about that. Weiss learned about it in October 2020, but the FBI had it since 2017. Jim Jordan says he's really going to... Demand answers of the FBI director tomorrow. Now, I want to get to Leslie Wolf because this is a very important document. We're going to deal with this time. We have a story in the morning. We can see you guys can get a little bit earlier. There's a memo that summarizes what was going on in uh, David Weiss's office around the time that they made the decision. Remember what David Weiss's story, now locked in by Lindsey Graham, is. I solely made the decisions. No one got in my way. I didn't ask to be a special prosecutor. So he's basically saying he's comfortable with what uh, the ultimate disposition of this case is, which is to give Hunter Biden a tap on the hand with two misdemeanors from 2017 and 2018. But what we now know from this document, it's an official government document, is that Weiss and his team and the Justice Department Tax Division, a guy named Mark Daly, they all signed off on a bigger uh, indictment that took Hunter Biden back to 2014, charged him with multiple felonies and charged him with failing to declare income and pay taxes on the money he specifically got from Brees. So <laughs> this is a real contradiction for Rice. I'm comfortable no one got in my way. Well, if you approved the larger indictment and then didn't bring it, something happened, and that's where wow. I think Congress is going to go. All wow. People- I
4: mean, that, that's breaking news. This is ridiculous. This is, John, this is Craig Eaton. What I, what I don't Craig. understand is we've identified tapes, we've identified witnesses, we've identified whistleblowers, we know the bank accounts. I mean, what we should do is, we Rudy, you were the former U.S. attorney in the Southern District. This wouldn't have lasted three years under you. This would have been resolved in three months. (laughs) Three minutes. We
0: should have you appointed special prosecutor and go after all these guys because nothing is getting done. John knows I was ready to prosecute him in 2018. It's a gang that (laughs) can't shoot straight. John and I had the evidence that I would have used if I were a prosecutor in 2018. I even laid out a a sort of pro-forma RICO case. Uh, at that time, without even knowing about the, um, about the hard drive. You know what I don't understand, John? How do, how do Ray and, 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 um, uh, and the attorney general s- sit? No, the, 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 U- the U.S. attorney? No, the prior. Uh, Bill, Barr Bill, Bill Barr. Barr. Bill Barr. How do, yeah. how do they sit on that, uh, hard drive, which they knew was verified when Biden gets up at a debate? in front of the American people and accuses Trump and me of being Russian agents. Yeah. How do do they, how does how does an attorney general in the cabinet of the president allow that to happen? Well, did he not know? Did he not know?
5: Or is he a traitor? He clearly knew because listen, he had to have known, right? Because he says he referred this to Weiss, that interview. I'm now telling you about that October 23rd, 23rd. That was probably Bill Barr's instigation to do it based on the timeline we now have. The only person that had the courage in the fall of 2020 to tell us that this uh, was a bogus story, meaning the whole claim that this was Russian disinformation, was John Ratcliffe, the director of national intelligence. Now, when he went public, I did talk to the FBI at that time. And the FBI confirmed to me they had corroborated the laptop going back to November of uh, 2019 when they did some initial work. And then they did a, a forensic analysis in March of 2020. So just think about that. Six months before the whole Russian disinformation ruse, the FBI had already authenticated the document. The FBI already had uh, the allegation from the uh, informant about the bribery. And they all sat there and allowed this false story to go out and affect the American election. A lot of people are worried that the FBI in 2016 affected the election by intervening, by going after Donald Trump. In 2020, they intervened by staying silent and allowing a false story to influence. But so did Yeah, absolutely. Barr, the FBI, the only person that had the courage to go out and say there is no Russian disinformation on this laptop was John Ratcliffe, the director of national intelligence at the time. Also, the guy that helped declassify a lot of the documents that got us to the bottom of the. Russian. Yeah, yeah. I
0: I, I remember uh, very well since I was the singular person named as the Russian agent. By Biden during the debate by name twice. That's right. And also not only the debate, Rudy, but he went further because
2: all the other media just left with it. They were like a bunch of lemmings and they allowed that to
3: happen. And don't forget the famous letter, the 51 signatories. Yes. All these talking heads on all the networks. Who surely had to have checked. That's right. They did no homework. And the Secretary of State of the United States, who's an advisor to the campaign, he's one who chased down that, that letter. Right. And 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 then Biden was able to
0: waive that at the debate as it it yeah, was some credible. You're correct, Judge. Yeah, he used a letter he used a letter and he he did it he did it twice during the debate.
2: And he made it sound, Rudy, uh, just to remind everybody about that debate. It was like there's this letter, there's this as if like not saying he had anything to do with the letter or any knowledge, as if it just sort of magically appeared. Now we know it was orchestrated by his campaign. By Lincoln. Exactly, Lincoln. exactly. Um, you know, before we let you go, real quick, um, John, I want to get to your also about this document you mentioned about this document where uh, Weiss signed off on the felonies. Do do you have a copy of it? Where are we going to see it? Because that is explosive, that he was prepared wow. to go after felonies. And what changed? If anything, there's been more questions about well, Hunter somebody since obviously, then.
4: Somebody spoke to him, obviously. Uh, sadly. Uh, it's called a, to, are You're you not saying, doing anything, Mr. Is, is it a, is is it a, is it a, a scene? Backup as gonna, as a saying, Britain, a somebody ticket. ran a contract. Somebody. You know what? Yeah, absolutely,
2: yeah. I'm just wondering, do we run Godfather 1, 2, or 3 music? Which one, <laughs> you guys? Which
5: one? John, one. do one we have? Yeah, it
2: was good, by the way. it
5: was we do do have the document it actually was in the bunch of documents that the house ways and means committee released but you know they released a lot i don't think a lot of people picked up the significance on it particularly now where uh, david weiss has dug himself in on his story this document shows his office signed out on a much more serious uh, tax prosecution which raises the question if you signed off on it why didn't you bring it that's going to be the question that Congress is going to jump on. I guarantee you in the next couple of days.
2: Yeah. No. Now, by the way, um, on this document, who signed the doc? Um, and do you have a copy of it, or what, where's the?
5: Yeah, the two pages that uh, that were released that are you know the key pages summarizing what the case would have been had Weiss proceeded with it after approving it. And claim. who
2: signed it? Who would have seen it? And what's the date of that again?
5: It's a case summary from the summer of
4: 2022. So Wait, can we get a copy that? of that. That would be great to get a copy of that. John. Well, you want to make you a T-shirt?
2: You? you
0: want to make a T-shirt? <laughs> Craig? Want?
4: No, I want to see that. Make want an to exclusive, see
3: that. You know make what? an exclusive
0: T-shirt. From
4: <laughs> them. I'm, going wa- I'm going to go to Washington tomorrow with that document and force. This. You know,
0: John, John, the more serious charge is the gun charge anyway. But, you know, yes. yeah. particularly for an aggravated addict, we're not talking about like some little ad. This is a guy that's a um 30-year addict who drives an automobile at 180 miles an hour while under the influence. And consistently, we have pictures of him driving an automobile under the influence of uh of, of cocaine this is an aggravated situation and that's a 10-year
2: felony yeah and that's why yeah. this is this is big stuff i mean he could be in violation which is why we don't know i mean we don't know where the coke came from in the white house but um still a lot of questions on that john solomon we got to go to a break thank you so much for being thank here with you, this yeah. huge news wow what a news day with him thank you john Hi, guys Thank you so much, the great John Solomon. And we are continuing our special coverage here Katz and Cosby. John is off today. This is Rita Cosby with Rudy Giuliani, also Judge Richard Weinberg, Craig Eaton. And we have a lot more coming up after the break. A new trend of some very serious drugs in New York and lots of random crime. Councilman Bob Holden is up next, and he is furious.
1: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back at this special edition of Cats and Cosby. John is off today. This is Rita Cosby. And Bo Snerdley is off for a few more days on a well-deserved vacation. We're going to also continue with our regular show at 5 o'clock and have some amazing guests coming up. And in studio with us, America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani and, of course, the great Judge Richard Weinberg and former Brooklyn GOP chair, great attorney. Craig Eaton. And joining us now is New York City Councilman Bob Holden. Uh, Bob, I have so much I want to ask you. Um, first off, on some of the drug stuff, I don't know if you saw this. This is amazing. You know, of course, all these safe injection sites. It just came out uh, that overdose deaths, what a surprise, uh, have actually been skyrocketing since they've created these safe injection sites it reminds me of some of these other you know the machines that are like here have a crack pipe uh i mean rudy's <laughs> laughing because it is it's the I, definition I I of know. insanity it's a terrible it thing is. to laugh about but it is rudy, you know what rudy it is so ludicrous of i i it. totally agree tragedy. with you councilman your thoughts too
6: yeah the world, well the world's upside down as we know it uh thing you know again it's the bizarro world that i called it but these are there's no information that these injection sites even work but what they don't do is they don't hook people up with treatment you have to do that if you're going to lure somebody in for an injection site make them sign an agreement you have to sign up for treatment but they have to want treatment and most of them don't want it and that's the problem here you're just wasting taxpayers money first of all enabling drug users to get, you know, injections and the neighborhood around it, by the way, hates it because I remember council members from from the Bronx who were complaining in the previous council that these injection sites don't work and they just are just, the the families don't want them there. You know, people with families and kids don't want to look at drug addicts strung out on the street.
2: Yeah. And needles everywhere. I mean, that's
4: all you need. Craig Eaton. Councilman, this is Craig Eaton. I mean, what we're doing is we're enabling drug users We're making it easier for them to get drugs. It's ludicrous. I mean, when this first came out years ago, I said, what are we doing in this city? I Mm -hmm. mean, get them help. Get them into a detox program or something else. Detox them. Don't give them drugs. Uh, You know,
6: Craig, San Francisco, you know, that's what we're turning into.
7: This has
0: been the debate from the very beginning about legalizing drugs. And the people who want to legalize drugs, say, you know, there'll be less drug uh, criminals. The uh, organized crime will be out of it. There'll be less drug use. The fallacy in that is when you're dealing with an addiction, the easier you make it, the more addicted people you're going to have. And the harder you make it, the fewer addicted people you're going to have. And it's the only chance to really interfere in it. But, but the problem is hard
2: and difficult. So let's talk politics. The problem is, and I'm glad, Councilman Holden, uh, you're a common sense guy. This shouldn't be a Democrat issue. It shouldn't be a Republican issue. This should be an American issue. And the reality is um, there are a lot of people on the Democratic side who are like, "Uh, here, let's make it easier. And what crime? I well, mean, a, they, they're in denial. Uh,
6: they want to legalize prostitution. You know, that's ridiculous. Again, it's, it's uh, legalizing things that, when they legalized pot, they didn't, how's that going, by the way? I mean, it's, has the city, are we better off in New York City with? Legalized
4: pot? I get high no. every day. I just well, walk down the street and I'm getting high. <laughs> there's, 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 there's well,
3: marijuana smell no,
4: everywhere. We've we pass-
3: pass- pass- increased. It. You're exactly right about the marijuana. First of all, it's a, a so called revenue grab and they're not going to get the revenue because it's an underground economy. They're not going to use legitimate places and it was totally disorganized. And it's a gateway drug. I ran special narcotics in state Supreme Court for about six or seven years. And I'm telling you, marijuana is a gateway drug. It causes all the same diseases as a cigarette does. And it causes brain damage to young kids who are using it. it is one of the worst public policy ideas in the world. And yet people say, oh, what a great idea. We're going to make some money on it. And by the way, drunk drivers get pulled over because they're a threat to their fellow human beings. How are you going to test for, uh, for being stoned on marijuana when they're driving a car? I mean, the whole and they can, and insane. they
6: can, and that's the problem. Now more people getting struck by cars and, and more accidents. You're, you're going to see all of this. Uh, we're going to learn a lesson. We learned the lesson uh, when Rudy became our mayor in, in the '90s, and he turned around New York City. Everybody knows that. I'm a Democrat. I'm the first to admit that because I lived it, and I worked with his administration. Great administration. We have. To we need we need somebody like that to come along and say, enough's enough. Let's straighten out New York City.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to ask you also about crime, too, because, boy, what a mess it's been. And and to me, it just epitomizes it. Everybody around the country is talking about the case, of course, that happened in Queens with the guy on the scooter who randomly oh. opens fire and kills that poor. The father of, of oh four, goodness. the Yemeni guy in his 80s, uh, shoots a whole bunch of other people it just epitomizes, I think, sadly, the lawlessness yes, and, yes. and to your point, and the boldness uh, Mr. Mayor. You, of know? The
0: crime. you know, Councilman, the do you agree with this? There were more crimes, let's say, uh, in the 70s and the 80s. Even when I came in, I mean, there were 2,200 murders and, uh, and just a lot more crimes than right now. But the crimes now are different. They're much bolder. Uh, like, I don't remember back then, even though we had all kinds of people just getting thrown on the subway for no
6: reason. Exactly. No, pulling well, out well, a gun, thing, just well, pulling well, out a gun. Somebody actually,
0: coming along, yeah. and there's an old person standing, there, and they bang him in the head.
4: Yeah, with
6: a hammer. Or,
0: or no, they didn't... go into a store and wipe it out, and uh, the right. security people helped them. <laughs> well, and if they don't, they get arrested.
4: Yeah,
2: there's, now they're getting arrested. Now the security people are but getting arrested. No fear. These Eden?
4: criminals have no fear of going to prison because they know it's a walk in the park. They could do anything so- they want, and they're going to be out the next day. Yeah, Bob Holden, no, go but- ahead.
2: We just have a few seconds left. Go ahead,
6: Councilman. So in the streets of New York City, especially Manhattan, there's like a general lawlessness that you yeah. see everywhere. People driving the wrong way, people going through red lights, people driving mo- illegal scooters. I, people stealing from the stores, you name it, you're seeing it. We didn't have that in the 70s and 80s. We still had respect for the police then. We're not seeing that now at all. There's, yeah. It's well, a general lack we of have you.
2: Yeah, thank you. You goodness. are the voice of
0: reason, my friend. You yeah. Know that. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thanks so much. And thank you all.
2: Councilman Bob Holden, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate thank it. Such an important topic. And everybody, stick with us because our special coverage is going to continue. Our regular and Cosby. We're going to continue with Rudy. We're going to continue with Judge Richard Weinberg, Craig Eaton. And we have Professor Dershowitz coming up. And we also have Tony Schaefer and also Dr. Mark Siegel. We have so many huge topics. It is a huge news day. That and much more. and Cosby coming right up, everybody.
1: I see. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Katz and Cosby with John Kassamettidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Kassamettidis and Rita Cosby.
2: And we are back. Wow, what an explosive news day it is. And in just a minute, we're going to have Professor Alan Dershowitz. Uh We are continuing here on Cats and Cosby. This is Rita Cosby. John Katzenmatidis has the day off. He has a big book event with his big New York Times and other mega, mega bestseller, I'm telling you. Um, it's obviously a hot ticket item. And there are a lot of things to talk about. We've got... Here in studio, America's mayor, New York City's greatest former mayor ever, Rudy Giuliani. Also, we have Judge Richard Weinberg and we have former Brooklyn GOP chair, Craig Eaton. Uh, you know, Mr. Mayor, what a day, uh, this has been with all this stuff from you, you were talking earlier that you feel like I, you have just been persecuted every different direction. And now <laughs> all this information's coming out basically
0: saying uh you were right on so many ways. Yeah, I think, you know, it's amazing to me to think that these people were looking at me in, uh, straight in the eye as if they didn't know anything about this. And they had the proof like uh Barr. I don't understand Barr at all. Bill Barr, the, yeah, the former treaty general. I go to them uh, a year before and I give them these witnesses. I mean, I told you about the woman who knew about all the offshore accounts, the wife of the former owner who, who was killed, I, I believe, by Uh, uh But I, I gave them seven or eight other witnesses, none, none of which they ever interviewed him. They pretended they were. They looked at me uh, and they and they knew that what I had was true. Wow. And now
2: there are documents, uh, basically showing, uh, conversations, I guess, with Weiss and DOJ talking about serious charges tied to Burisma. Now they're also trying to track down those individuals. We got the other eyewitnesses, the other whistleblowers who are saying that these tapes exist, um, where there may be conversations with Biden
0: and potentially with this guy. It'll be a hell of a deal with Zoshevsky, though. The guy's a really high level uh, he's, a, he's a high-level oligarch. This is the Burisma yeah, guy. Sloshevsky is one of the richest guys in either Russia or Ukraine. He's a Russian-oriented uh Ukrainian. In other words, he was a pal of uh Putin back then. He got thrown out as a result of that. And his worry was they were going to take his business from him. And that's why he went and got Joe. Joe's job, the real ultimate bribe, the real bribe, was he, Joe was going to save his business from him. For him, when Poroshenko went to grab it, and for that, he was going to employ the kids' company, uh, sh- shovel about two million dollars a year in legitimate stuff to him. And also, there are, and we don't have those. There are payments that have been made through the offshore accounts. Well, now here, I have one of them. Oh, you do for one point three million, just one that went from Sipe from uh, Ukraine to Latvia, to Cyprus, to them with a cut for Joe. But there are an untold number of those. And this woman, who was the wife of the former owner, who mysteriously died, was willing to give them all up, claimed to have corroboration for it. And this is a no-brainer deal because you go to her, she either has it or she doesn't. If she doesn't have it, you tell her to go to hell. Yeah, why would you not even at and least make an attempt? And if she does have attempt? it, you don't even need her. You have
4: the documents. Hey Rudy, she died of natural causes, right? Oh Isn't yeah, yeah, right. The husband did. The husband, the, the husband right. banged. The
0: husband. the husband got very drunk and banged into a tree. Uh, <laughs> after several attempts at banging into the tree, <laughs> oh, he banged into the tree. Uh, what they that, did that's was that doesn't sound the, way the murder took So Shevsky and his friends would take him out every Friday night, get him drunk, put him in his car, and send him home. And finally after four trips like that he banged into a, a tree and died. That doesn't sound then, suspicious at all. And then the the widow somehow got none of the estate. Zoshevsky wow. so took the whole estate.
2: Wow, well let's bring in if we could. Uh, there is so much stuff going on and obviously that relates to this 1023 document that now uh the US attorney in Delaware basically is not talking about information related to all of that, because he says it's an ongoing investigation. This is the guy who cut the plea deal. It's a, You can't make this. This is unbelievable. This is, like, better than, like, a spy novel. Well, joining us to sort all of this out, especially from the legal perspective is the great uh, professor, one of the greatest uh, constitutional experts, of course, out there. His great new book is called Get Trump, Professor Alan Dershowitz. Professor Dershowitz, okay. Um, you know, I got to ask you, uh, this is Rita Cosby. This is amazing yeah. today. We're now hearing from the U.S. attorney in right. Delaware who wrote this letter to Lindsey Graham and others on Capitol Hill saying, I can't talk about these recordings that we were just talking about with Rudy potential conversations with Burisma executives and the allegation is with the president. The allegation is also with Hunter because it's, quote, an ongoing investigation. And now we know it's been ongoing for years upon years. Uh, What do you make of that? Doesn't he have an obligation to have to hand it over?
8: I think he does. And look, let me get to the big picture. Going after Rudy Giuliani for filing a lawsuit endangers the rights of every American under the Constitution. We want people like Rudy Giuliani to bring creative lawsuits instead of going on the street committing violence and doing what happened by Black Lives Matter and others. We want to encourage creative lawsuits. If you don't like the lawsuit, all right, maybe he'll win, maybe he'll lose. But the idea of going after the bar certificates of a lawyer for filing a creative lawsuit and then blocking access to information that would allow him to show – that the lawsuit was legitimate. Let me give you an experience from my own life. I defended the president of Ukraine, a man named Kuchma, back 20 years ago. And I was at a meeting in Ukraine. I was about to participate in the argument on a Monday. Sunday morning, we were planning to have our uh, meeting, and the main lawyer doesn't show up, and we find him dead in his hotel room from a KGB-induced heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) this is like immediately unbelievable <laughs> the team immediately put me into a car i didn't know what they were doing they drove me to the airport we had no reservations we didn't know what plane was leaving they just wanted me out of ukraine and out of the reach of the kgb and oh, they awesome. flew me to frankfurt uh, on a plane with no reservation and believe me, I never went back uh, <laughs> the rest of the work I did wow. uh, by, by, by writing. So, you know, there are histories of this kind of thing. But the most important lesson we have to learn is do, once you start attacking lawyers for making creative lawsuits, and they're going after me too. The same group, the 65 Project, filed a bar complaint against me in Massachusetts. Just because I defended Donald Trump. Now, you know, they always come up with, well, I also filed a lawsuit in which I question voting machines um, because they won't produce the algorithms. Uh, that's the right thing to do. But they're going after every lawyer who ever defended Trump, who ever was on Trump's side. And this is bigger than Trump. It's bigger than Giuliani. It's bigger than Dershowitz. This involves the Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution. It
3: is. It it's is un-American. Attacked. It's un-American, Isn't, Professor Alan, Dershowitz. Alan, it's Richard Warburg. Sure. Isn't this reminiscent of the blacklist coming out of Hollywood and the UAC committees? Exactly. It's intimidation, well, but this time it's intimidation by the far left, and they're using the organized bar and the, bo- and the prosecutors to suppress legal representation for unfavorable by opinions? The,
8: they use, the, the, the right used the organized bar back right. during the McCarthy period they used the organized board to go after lawyers who were civil liberties lawyers who were not communists, but who defended communists. I was in college at the time and I was president of the student body at Brooklyn college, which was called the little red schoolhouse. And a lot of, there were a lot of communists on the faculty and I was defending their right not to be fired. And, 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 and I see the same thing happening now, except it's happening from the left and it's much more dangerous because The New York Times supports it. CNN supports it. uh, The other media supports it. And and many academics support it. So it's very hard to get support from academia and from the bar today for Rudy Giuliani, for me, for any others who are being attacked and being uh, criticized and, and our bar certificates being threatened because they uh, represented Donald Trump. Yeah, I use and, the and I
2: use the phrase, Professor Dershowitz. I was saying before, I think it's un-American. I, I think it's a, it is a right to have people have defense. You see all these other attorneys who are working with Trump and they're basically being shunned by their they, law they, firms. Look, it's they ridiculous. Would, they, would have
8: been, they would have gone after John Adams uh, if they were back in the day because he defended uh, the, the British uh, who were accused. And that's one of the great events of American history, when John Adams, the man who would become president, defended America's worst enemies because everybody's entitled to a defense.
2: Absolutely. And Donald
8: Trump is entitled to a defense. And the people that, you know, who, 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 who they've come after uh, are entitled to a defense. And when you go after lawyers, that's the first thing, you know, Shakespeare said, first, let's kill the lawyers. And that's what happened in China. That's what happened in the Soviet Union. They went after the lawyers first. When I represented dissidents in the Soviet Union and I would try to hire a Russian lawyer, a Soviet lawyer to help me, the first thing they would get would be a deportation notice that they were being thrown out of the country. Wow that Wow led a number of the wait a minute but that led a number of the lawyers to volunteer to join me. Because they wanted to get exit visas. They wanted to get...
2: <laughs> there was a plus. And then
8: <laughs> they got and so, But I couldn't put together a legal team when I was defending Natan Sharansky, when I was defending others. Do we really want to become, like the former Soviet Union, like Iran, like China, or do we want to maintain the John Adams standard that everybody's entitled to a defense? So whether you like Rudy Giuliani... Whether you like, we Donald love Trump, Rudy.
2: We love Rudy, uh, and we love right. you, I'm Professor saying, Dershowitz. I'm
8: talking to people who don't like him and don't like me. Don't think about it as Alan Dershowitz, Rudy Giuliani, or Donald Trump. Think about
0: it as the 100 percent right Constitution. And the thing about this guy Dershowitz, he was like this uh, from the day I met him, and we were on the yeah. other side, and I respected him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He well, would get. You're he would a get. A get a, he's you been,
8: were always a Yankee fan. No, that was my problem. You're not Growing perfect either. Growing up in Brooklyn and being a Yankee fan. Look, yeah, I know. Look, how, about, how about you? I understand Be- Joe DiMaggio. I understand with you <laughs> You know, I'm calling from Italy right now. I'm in Italy. I'm right now uh, approaching uh, Capri.
0: Oh, I hope my people are being nice to you. Yeah. Oh, I bet they're being nicer to <laughs> 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 the people of Martha's Vineyard.
9: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: Judge Richard Weinberg's <laughs> got a question for you, Alan Dershowitz. There's another thing that's troubling me.
3: And it follows up on what we were just talking about, the attack on an independent bar and the right to six Amendment counsel, which is the attack on Justice Clarence Thomas and other disgusting conservative judges, which is also an attack on the institution of the integrity of the Supreme Court of the United States. Would you comment on that, please?
8: There's no question about that. Look, I was a law clerk on the Supreme Court when Justice Douglas, who was, you know, uh, the hero of the left, he would constantly go on uh, trips uh, paid for by uh, other people, but nobody ever went after him. The Supreme Court needs to have rules. You can't go after people just ad hoc. There are no rules today. The Supreme Court isn't governed by ethics standards. You need ethics standards. You need a, an absolute rule that says if you get more than $10,000 worth of travel or $5,000, make right. a number. And then people will comply with it, but don't have a rule that says, well, too much is too much, but we're not sure how much is too much. That's what they're doing, and they're using – look, I'm not a big fan of uh, of Clarence Thomas's writings on the Supreme Court. I'm mostly opposed to most of his writings, although his recent decisions, I tended to agree with some of them. But you don't selectively go after people uh, and, and figure out ways of going after them if you don't like their, their judicial – uh, politics or their judicial ideology. That's, I mean, we're living in a country today with no nuance, with no calibration. You have to pick sides. Yankees or Red Sox. As I said before, I'm a I'm a fervent Red Sox fan. But when Gita got up to bat, I would stand up and cheer. When Rivera, when Mariana Rivera came up to pitch, I would stand up and cheer. You understand that there are two sides, and 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 people can disagree but still have conversation and still encourage lawyers to file lawsuits. You know, lawsuits. Think of what's happening in Paris today. There are no lawsuits. They're desecrating the Holocaust Museum in Paris. Now, in Israel, they're having demonstrations. They're peaceful, at least. But isn't it better to have a lawsuit than to have uh, what happened with Black Lives Matter uh, on the West Coast? Course, Why don't yeah. we discouraging lawyers from cre- creative lawsuits? If you're going to lose, you lose. Fine. But don't Go after lawyers' bar certificates because you don't like their lawsuits.
2: I agree. It is outrageous. Well, Professor Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much for joining us. We always love your great insight. And, again, that book is called Get Trump. Uh, and, boy, are they trying to in every different direction. Wow. Uh, thank you very much, Professor. And everybody coming up, Uh Joe Biden sort of uh, tips everybody off that we're low on munitions. Uh, you can't make this up. Uh, This is unbelievable. We're going to talk about that with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer when we come back. Boy, uh, talk about maybe letting out some information.
1: A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby, a great fiery day here in studio. And we continue with Rudy Giuliani, also Judge Richard Weinberg, and also Craig Eaton. John Matinis is off. He is at another big book event for his best-selling book. And uh, President Biden basically said uh, the quiet part out loud, which he seems to say all the time. Um, and he just came out recently in an interview with CNN and said, well, the reason we're thinking about sending cluster bombs to <laughs> Ukraine and Rudy's already laughing because you just can't make this up is because we are low on munitions ourselves. We have no more bullets. Yeah, we have no, we more, have no bullets. more bullets. So
4: come here and attack us.
2: Right. <laughs> so, wow. So joining us now
3: is Lieutenant Colonel. Maybe we can get some bullets from China. We're defenseless.
2: Maybe. Let's bring in Tony Schaefer, Lieutenant Colonel. Tony Schaefer, a retired intel officer. He is also the president of Project Sentinel and also the London Center for Policy Research. Uh, you know, Tony uh we we we're laughing, but it is so scary and this is the one thing I've always said about you know President Biden. he seems to like it's like you could tell the press is like. About to ask him a question when he's walking off, and his team is going, "No, no, please don't answer that, please." They're afraid he's going to say. It's like somebody, like an old person, when you go to a home and they say what they think. You know, they say, hey, "Do I look okay today?" Uh, "Actually, you don't." You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you're like, don't, don't, ask my like, like yeah, sure. "Don't ask my crazy uncle." don't ask my crazy uncle what you really think. <laughs> um, and that's almost what he's doing these days, but it's dangerous. Wow.
10: So, yeah, Uncle, yeah, Crazy Uncle Joe blurted out something that, uh, unfortunately, I think will embolden a lot of adversaries, especially China. And, Rita, you know, we've been trying to warn the American people about this. If you recall, you know, Blaine Holt and I have been warning you and, and others as we've talked about this publicly that they've been taking and pulling deep, deep draws from our forward-based military uh, caches. we basically all over the world. I don't want to list locations, but we We have a big military, and it it takes a lot to fight. So we have forward-loaded logistics centers with a lot of of weapons, a lot of of, uh, high-tech, medium-tech, low-tech. It's all there. And what's happened is that Biden, uh, because he's so focused on trying to win Ukraine without strategy, I've said this before, tactics without strategy is noise before defeat. We've been doing a lot of tactics without any strategy. That's why we've drawn 41 times from the strategic reserves without regard or timeline to put it back. You know, Zelensky is complaining about the timeline today. No timeline for him to be going in a radar. Look, Rita, we need to be focused on a timeline to replenish and replace all of those wartime stocks that we've drawn down, or otherwise someone will take advantage of our weakness.
4: Yeah, 1,000 percent. Craig Eaton? Lieutenant Colonel, so what is what is the timeline? Yep. How long does it take for us to replenish our, our reserves? I mean, does that well, take months?
10: Uh, a year. Because Years. this is the issue. Uh, our our the, the Russians have never uh, departed uh, having a an economy they could adapt to war. Right now, Putin is, is probably putting out 100,000 105-meter uh, rounds a, a month, just as an example. That, that's by, we can barely manufacture 10,000. So it's, it's a matter of both political will, military uh, logistical understanding, and, and, and funding. Right now, the NDAA uh, is, all, is being renegotiated right now. It's something that needs to be looked at. But it, I, I believe, and I say this, I think Biden's doing this on purpose. I think he's, he's giving this great deference to Ukraine, knowing full well it's going to weaken our ability to respond to a China threat. Uh, let's remember, Janet Yellen was just there. And she was genuflecting like a jack in the box. Oh my of the God!
0: Leadership. Yeah, that was so I, just, I
10: don't think this is random. Yeah, I don't think this is a random.
0: Lieutenant Colonel, uh, the 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 re, the, re, the reality is that you you got to put a lot of money in the budget to do this, and the right. defense budget, as far as I can tell, uh, uh, adjusting it for inflation is either level or down a little. So where's the money coming from to do this?
10: Well, the the, the answer is. We've got to find it, and you know the Democrats never like funding uh, defense, and this is one of those situations where their policies of, of trying to do this without a strategy. And I would argue, Rudy, that, that we—I'm a Reagan guy. Reagan and his me, guys, well, and yeah, I, you know, me too. He's and my I, hero. And, yeah, and I, and I was just talking to, to Ed Meese. Ed and I were having a discussion about this uh, last week, and you know, they always went into situations with a strategy. You know, they—they they always understood resources aren't unlimited. So what we need to do now is reestablish the resources we need to, to 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 fully fight the contingencies if we have to. That's the first priority. Secondly, we've got to actually push the Biden administration and and the train wrecks of, of Mark Milley. I know Mark. Mark's a train wreck. Uh, Lloyd Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Austin.
2: How do you I really no feel here? about him, Tony? I, I
10: <laughs> agree with him hundred percent. Look, I know these guys. Look, I worked for, for Lloyd Austin when he was a brigadier general. It's not like these people are, are unknown to me. And I was, you know, Milley was my guy in the transition team when Trump came in. So I'm just saying that that we have, have to hold people accountable for their failures. They knew this was coming, Rita. The, 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 you can't tell me that, that Lloyd Austin, who's a, a retired general, and Mark Milley, who is a current general, but at least most people think he is, at least I think he thinks he is, uh, <laughs> saw this coming and did nothing to prevent it.
2: Well, that—that that, is—that to me, by the way, is abominable because the first responsibility of those in senior leadership, like the defense secretary and chairman of Joint Chiefs and all these folks, and the
3: president, is to protect the homeland. Well, I, I think, mean that's—that's that's incredible. I, I think that your priority is absolutely wrong, Colonel Schaefer. It's—it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Let me tell you what the correct priority <laughs> Uh-oh. is. Uh oh. Get your pronouns correct. The military <laughs> should have their pronouns correct.
4: She, Everything flows from that.
0: She, he, and spoken health. like a true New York judge. <laughs> but you know, this, it's a
4: disgrace. One that we that we that we don't have munitions, and then the second disgrace is that we're blab- blabbering it to everyone in the world. Yeah, so, tell so it it's what it's, yeah, a, it's exactly. a double it's a double loss here.
10: Right, right. And by the way, Richard, just to, for the record, and Rita knows this. I have I have now listed my my pronouns on my Twitter account. My tw- my, my pronouns are apocalypse now.
1: So just- <laughs> Tony, that's and great. I added
2: one as help. <laughs> <laughs> help. Tony, you are terrific. I wish you had better news, but you're terrific. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank you, you're Lieutenant welcome. Colonel Tony Schaefer. And joining us now as we continue this discussion of the mess of what's going on overseas. Uh, we talked about Biden sort of babbling out about the munitions. Well, he was talking to one of the king's guards for a long time yesterday. Rudy and I were talking about about this. It was like he Poor just guy. Yeah. <laughs> that Which poor one? guy
3: probably
0: doesn't don't a damn thing. Was, I don't they understand don't what he said.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and joining us now to talk about what's going on again with NATO, because that's a whole reason that President Biden's there overseas, is Victoria Coates. She is former Trump Deputy National Security Advisor. My friend Victoria Coates. Victoria, this is a mess. Um, you know, we were just talking about how Biden, tees, you know, tips off to the world we don't have enough munitions, which is downright scary. You have Yellen bowing left and right to China and then there he is, you know, talking to the Beefeater, the guy with the big hat, you know, the King's Guard, and King Charles is trying to pull him over going, oh, that's not me, I'm over here. Uh, I mean, it just, it is so, it is so crazy. Um, how is he going to be effective over there with everything that's on the line?
11: Well, Rita, it's good to be with you. I, I mean, it. this trip is just a comedy of errors, and it's everything from his, you know, needing to have his hand on King Charles's back as they walked up the stairs. I didn't really see that as a protocol blunder. I saw that as, as his needing, like, his hand on someone. And if you watch him, he almost always has to be holding a hand, be it Jill's or Biden's or, or uh, Hunter's, rather. Uh, so that's what was going on there. And, you know, now we had the spectacle today of Zelensky coming out and making some quite incendiary statements because they didn't get their story straight before they went to Lithuania about what was or was not going to happen with Ukraine membership in, in NATO. Now, Vic, Victoria, we, by the
2: way, uh, if yeah. you can brief all our Katz and Cosby listeners, yeah. um, tell everybody what Zelensky said, because it is pretty uh, pretty volatile.
11: Yeah, no, I mean, it started in a series of tweets uh, early this morning, just that, that Ukraine expected to be put on a fast track into NATO membership, which I understand... President Zelensky had been uh, led by President Macron to believe was a likely outcome, but had heard President Biden and Jens Schultenberg, uh, the secretary general of NATO, of NATO, coming out and saying that, no, actually, that wasn't going to happen, that we were going to have some kind of a security guarantee. Now, if you think back to the 1990s with the so-called security guarantee from the UK, the United States, and Russia to Ukraine that if they gave up their nuclear weapons, they would be uh, secure. I don't blame the Ukrainians for being suspicious uh, of any such future offer, but, but good heavens, coordinate this ahead of time. Don't let Macron be running around as a rogue agent promising you know however many hundreds of billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars to a war that we're, to which we are not party, which is taking place on his own continent. And it's just—it's a total mess, and nobody seems to be minding
0: the shot. Well, I, I don't understand, Rudy Giuliani. I don't understand um, why is Zelensky be so un- unrealistic as to think that uh, they were going to accelerate entry into NATO with the impact that could have on 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 Russia right now.
2: And by the way, Rudy, it's not just I mean, you could, you, you could talk opens. yourself uh, the,
0: the next day into a world war. That's if you exactly do that. it. Without you know, if, if they're going to get in, it has to be done carefully. It has to be done. Uh, uh, gosh Almighty, we better we better at least get some bullets before we do this, Craig. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna taunt uh, Russia. Bring uh, them into uh, bring Ukraine into uh, NATO, and we have no bullets. I mean, it's ridiculous. We're not ready. We're not ready for a war no like sense.
4: that. It makes no sense to rush into this. No. I don't know why we're rushing into it. But yeah. Why would Zelensky think war? this? Yeah.
0: Why would Zelensky think that he? One thing he isn't, and I have my questions about Zelensky because I know him from before he was Zelensky, and his sponsor was one of the crookedest guys in Ukraine, uh, the guy that ran Prime Bank. And it's the major money launderer in Ukraine. And he made Zelensky and Zelensky lives in homes that are way beyond any, any amount of money he made as an actor. So don't get all starry-eyed about Zelensky. But your point is, your point is that you believe he had some indications. And,
2: and you know your point, Rudy, too? It is not that
0: unrealistic to think that we're going to let him into NATO right now.
2: Yes. That's what I mean, I'm that's, saying. That, that
0: is the possibility. You, you that you make work. that up out of whole cloth? And I don't
11: somebody know what
0: I think he's playing a damn no, game.
11: No, let's, go to, mean, let's go to you know, Victoria Coates. Mr. Mayor, you're you're 100% correct on this. I mean, I'm also not a Zelensky fangirl by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, he has his job. I have mine. His is currently leading Ukraine. I don't blame him for trying to, you know, suggesting NATO membership. That would be a huge help to him. But I think the, the culprit here is Macron, who has made a series of very public statements mm-hmm. over the course I of agree. the last few weeks. You know that this was possible, that France would be pushing for it. it, 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 it you're 100% right. It's not. If we went into this conflict, if we if we took U- Ukraine as a NATO member, we would be forced by Article Five to contemplate actual direct military intervention in the war. So you would have all now 31 members, soon to be 32. With Sweden at war with Russia the next day, uh, and and I don't think you could get consensus for that in the right. in the membership regardless of what the United States does. So this was always a pipe dream. It was always a French fantasy, and I think Macron would do a lot better to sort of soldier up, get to his two percent pledge for defense, and do France's part in the war against russia you know, on his own continent absolutely and well by the said. way uh, and very that's well also said.
2: what uh, trump was pushing for is everybody to oh. do their fair share um victoria coates thank you because this is huge states Excellent analysis. uh and this is scary stuff too. as we're talking about him basically saying if he was a member of nato it would indeed pull the u.s even more into what's going on over there and that's a that's a it's very serious stuff um, and it has to be a huge discussion with the American public about all of that, too. My goodness. Uh, Victoria Coates, thank you very much. We love you, Victoria. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thank you very much. And everybody, stay with us. An action-packed show here on Katz & Cosby. John Katz is off. We continue with Rudy Giuliani, Craig Eaton, and also Judge Richard Weinberg. And coming up, we have the West Virginia Attorney General who says that electric vehicles, this push is basically going to, quote, bludgeon rural America. He's going to be joining us to talk about that and a lot more after the break. Stay with us.
1: You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby, Rita Cosby or the great John Katz and Matitis, off at a big event for his mega best-selling book. And we continue with Rudy Giuliani in studio, Judge Richard Weinberg, and Craig Eaton. And we've been talking a lot about electric vehicles and just how unrealistic the price, also so many of the issues with the lithium batteries and so many things. And our next guest says basically warning the epa that the electric vehicle push is an attack on rural america uh and it's going to get bludgeoned uh the way that biden has been pushing this and joining us now here on cats and cosby is the great attorney general of west virginia patrick morrissey uh welcome back to the show mr attorney general
12: you know it's it's good to be with you and thank you there's so we're chock full of so many issues that biden is coming after us on and i'm glad to talk to you about a few of them today
2: yeah tell us how you think that uh basically many parts of america are just going to get socked uh with this whole ev push well think
12: about it from this perspective everyone listening uh i know i mean i was born in new york city and so i know a little bit about the city but imagine when you have a policy that is going to attack the internal combustion engine when you know that that means that you also know that this is going to be an attack on affordable pickup trucks. And in my home in West Virginia, uh, people rely on pickup trucks and cars and drive an awful lot uh, to get to their place of work or to visit their family members. And when I see that the Biden administration is trying to go after these pickup trucks, we know that that's bad for rural America because if you are trying to get to where the Biden administration is taking us, It's going to cost the average American about $10,000 to buy that new electric vehicle that's higher than what you otherwise would have paid if you were relying on the internal combustion engine. And to make matters worse, they're doing this at the exact time when we're seeing uh, the power grid being put under major amounts of stress. They want to move to 67% electric vehicles by 2032 but eliminate coal-fired power plants, natural gas capacity. The math doesn't add up, and I think that it shows just how ludicrous Bidenomics really is.
3: And, Pat, it's Richard Weinberg. Welcome back to the show. I'm also yeah. concerned you're talking about attack on rural America. I'm also concerned about the emphasis of uh, getting rid of AM radios, and how important is that to rural America?
12: Uh, I'll tell you what, that's really big, and you guys know that. I think it applies to uh, to rural Uh, areas to urban areas, but I I joined in a letter with uh, the Florida Attorney General because a lot of these electric vehicle manufacturers are trying to get rid of uh, AM radios, but we all know from a public emergency perspective the role that AM radios play in delivering information to people that need it. And here in West Virginia, uh, the biggest and in many states across the country, people still rely on AM radios to get their information. And I can tell you a story. A few years ago, when West Virginia had a really big flood, we had about 23 people who died. There were a lot of people that were getting their basic information uh, from AM radio. When Hurricane Sandy came through and that had a nasty effect uh, across the Eastern coast, power was out for a long time, but people relied on AM radio to get their information. We should not be just wiping that out it's going to put public safety at risk.
4: Pat, Pat, this is Craigie. You know, you got to give John Katz and Matitas and WABC credit because they jumped on this when Ford came out and said they were going to take AM radios out of all their vehicles. John and the radio station, he had jumped all over it. And then, and in May of 2023, Ford reversed course. Yeah, John, and decided led to keep. John led the charge. John led the charge around the country. I mean, he was talking to everyone in Washington and all the state attorney general offices. So he did a great thing for America. Absolutely. Look, absolutely. And I know you guys clearly understand,
12: it. and John's been out in front on a lot of these issues. And, you, you know, when they start to say that the problem is signal interference um, and you look to you say, that's not what's going on. There's an easy way for them to innovate around those issues. So they're doing it. They're worried. They're trying to take take a cheap shortcut to get rid of AM radio. But at what cost at the cost of people in New York and West Virginia and Texas and California, it's wrong. And I can tell you, in West Virginia, we're very worried about it. Because, look, AM radio stations are the backbone of the nation's
3: emergency alert systems, and we need to keep them in place, period. And the last thing, Pat, you've been one of the leaders in the fight against this overregulation by the federal government and agencies attempting to use powers that they really don't have as a matter of constitutional law. Could you explain that to our listeners?
12: Absolutely. So one of the most important roles in the Constitution for the states is that they serve as separate sovereigns. Uh, They're not just simply subservient to uh, the federal government. Yes, there's a supremacy clause, but uh, people know that the state government have different sets of powers than the federal government. So state attorneys general and state governors and others step up and they fight back against federal overreach. And we like to make sure that the balance of powers between the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branch are maintained. And so in West Virginia, we've led the way, whether it's against the EPA or all the out-of-control alphabet soup agencies that eliminate freedom and restrict the rights of states uh, to manage their affairs better for their citizens. So uh, I'm a big advocate for freedom and to keep the level of government management closer to home. And That's what I focus on. And we've been very, very successful.
2: And I can think of a whole bunch of uh, agencies that would fit that alphabet. So uh, there's a whole bunch of them. (laughs) By the way, (laughs) uh, thank you very much for being with us.
12: And and thank you. And people should go to, PatrickMorrissey.com if they want to learn more. I'm also running for governor, and we're going to supersize our state agencies to do even more in this fight.
2: Absolutely. You keep up the great fight, Uh, the West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Thank you so much, sir. Really a pleasure to have you You here. Thank you. Well, and by the way, uh, there's been all this big health news of late. Um, Ozempic, uh, which is a big popular medicine for diabetes, uh, now they are finding potential suicide risks. I mean, this is stunning. There's a whole bunch of stuff out. Uh, joining us now is Dr. Mark Siegel. Of course, uh, you see him, Fox News medical expert. Um, with NYU Langone and just an old friend of mine. I did the very first interview we ever did ever. Is that right? I did. Yes, I did. Doctor Siegel, great to have you here on Cats and Cosby.
7: You must have been By about the way, twelve. Speaking of, speaking of knowing people, <laughs> thank I, you, Rudy. Whenever I'm speeding through <laughs> West Virginia, now I know who to call.
2: By the way, you missed it. Rudy thought I must have been twelve when I did the first interview with you. I, I thanked him profusely. I hope you know that. How are you, Mark? <laughs> you, you, he,
7: he only, she only looked like she was twelve. Come on. <laughs> thank you. I
2: still get carded every. Day and I, and I love it. I beg them. I beg them, please. I'm begging you. What what's the news with Ozempic?
7: Well, you know, it's one of those things that may be true. True, unrelated. Let's start with the fact that if there are suicidal thoughts that they're noticing with some people on Ozempic, small numbers, it could be that it's the group that takes Ozembic. They could be depressed to begin with. They could be under pressure or stress. It could be that obesity is depressing them. So, we, but Ozembic does affect hormones in the brain. So it's gotta be tracked really carefully. It's not to the point where I'm worried about it, I, because, again, it, it could be a, a true, true, unrelated thing. Some other factor that both have, that you happen to be on a but you also happen to be, be depressed to begin with. That, that has to be ferreted out. It's not a high number. And by the way, I don't give this drug to everybody. I mean, just because celebrities take it doesn't mean that everybody should take it. Too many people want it. And I think the other message here is, you know, be careful what you wish for. So everything has side effects.
0: You know, They what? use it for weight loss now. Yes. Now is that an off-label use, do- doctor, or is that a uh, is that has that been tested and, and approved?
7: Well, it's it's an off-label use, which doesn't bother me because I use yeah, off-label no, sure. things appropriately. No, yeah, but yeah. but it, it was approved for diabetes, and 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 Wagovi, uh, which is a which is a cousin of it, it's just a little bit uh, stronger. Wagovi was approved for weight loss. So actually, we can't get it, uh, Rudy. We can't get it for weight loss anymore. We can we can only get um, Wagovi for weight loss, and there's been a run on that. I mean, if you had some clinic in Mexico somewhere selling this stuff, you can make a fortune. Trying you mean to you find can't?
0: It. You can't? Someone can't use Ozempic for weight loss?
7: You can. So if I have a diabetic, the studies work. The study in the New England Journal of Medicine shows that it works. So if I have a diabetic that's using Ozempic for diabetes. It's going to help lose weight. I got you. I can get insurance to cover it. This is the key when you talk about off-label. If I can get insurance to cover it, I just assume you use Ozempic as Wagovi. They're very similar. But insurance usually won't cover Ozempic for weight loss because it's only been approved for diabetes. That's one of the big uses, uh, one of the big stories of the FDA that isn't covered enough. When they approve something for a certain use, that's when insurance covers it.
2: You know, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, I got to ask your thoughts. This there was a big headline came out like an hour ago. American Medical Association reaffirms support for pushing gender transitions. What? Yes. Uh, did you see Push, this? Pushing? Did you see this? Reaffirms yeah. their support. A lot of doctors are furious. Your thoughts?
7: Push. Well, I've I said a long time ago that the American Medical Association had one use, which was sixty percent of their lobbying dollars. Went to protect us against malpractice suits, frivolous malpractice suits, and they didn't succeed at that. By the way, so then when they came out supporting Obamacare, I said, "Okay, there goes my membership." And I and I, I publicly on TV quit the a, the AMA. Now here they are uh, with, with pushing a certain thing that is rare. I mean, you know, and 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 then and in children, the problem here is children, isn't it that 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 somebody some child can be under political pressure; they could be under pressure in school they could make a decision that's ultimately irreversible they could be taking puberty blockers that are uh have long-term side effects some of this stuff we use for prostate cancer i mean it's i'm really disturbed about the significant political overlay of all of this yeah. of course you of course you let people be who they are but, but you know what do Doctor? To
2: impose our views well and that's the issue too that you know obviously people as adults it's different when it's kids we've done stories where like uh, there are school districts now in, in New, Jersey? New Jersey. Yeah, yeah where, yes,
4: where, the, where the, the school can do whatever they want with the children. They don't even have to not let, tell the parents. They don't have to tell the parents that they're helping these children transition.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Well, Doctor Mark Siegel, lunacy. thank you. That's the
7: worst of all. It's That's lunacy. coming in California too. That's the the worst of all. But uh, but it, I got to say one last thing. It's uh, it's. Even if we honor it, it's a small percentage of people. So why some parent is really angry that the first thing that they're teaching in school is this. How about we teach what God wants us to know, which is to, to accept ourselves as we are? For most people, that works.
0: Yeah, in a, in I, absolutely. It. Especially with kids. would be a, whole a bad idea to issue. teach math and reading, too. Though. Yeah, that would be great.
3: Imagine that teaching that in schools. Imagine. No, God forbid. No, you don't, you don't
0: teach that. Yes.
2: <laughs> Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you. Great to have okay. you here. We Good love you. you. Thank you. And everybody stay with us a lot more on Cats and Cosby. Guess what? Uh, some migrants are now taking over San Francisco's <laughs> drug market. You can't make this up. Wow. We are going to be talking with a former DEA special agent after the break, and he's mad as heck.
1: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on seventy seven WABC.
2: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Boy, a lively show we have had today. Uh, the great John Katz Matisse will be back tomorrow. He's at a big book event for his best selling book. Uh, And we continue now with America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, also Judge Richard Weinberg, and, of course, Craig Eaton, former GOP chair. And this is amazing, the impact of what's happening with migrants. We're hearing, of course, this story in New York where they're saying private security guards uh, are needed to be brought in to oversee migrants because peace officers feel essentially it's too dangerous. And now this story there's one coming out of San Francisco, which is just, like, gone. San Francisco is... is buy San Francisco. It, it is it is totally gone. And now Honduran migrants working for the Mexican cartels are taking over San Francisco's drug market.
3: And you know what they say why they're doing it? Because there's a no bail law and it's a sanctuary city. So what's the big difference? Easy pickings. Easy pickings, so come to San Francisco. Gee,
0: New York's available, too. Oh,
3: Send, them boy. Back. Send them back.
2: What a mess. Well, yeah. let's bring Send them in. back. You're Put absolutely them on a plane. Right.
4: Send them back from where they came from.
2: Let's bring in former director of the DEA's Special Operations Division. He was also chief of the New York Drug Enforcement Task Force. You've heard all of our great yeah. opinions here, uh, Derek Maltz. Um, this is stunning. I mean, the impact of what's happening with the migrants. Talk about in San Francisco. They're basically running uh the drug the open drug trade that's happening there i mean the city is gone and now we have migrants who are coming they're supposed to come here uh to you know get a better life that's why they say they're here and they're running drug trade they
3: are getting a better life
2: yeah better Better money i mean that's not for americans in san francisco the
0: real joke is they're not here to get a better life they're they're here because the cartels let them in so you're going to get a disproportionate number of really uh, uh, horrible people. It's not. This is not a coincidence. This is not the immigration flow that we had 20 years ago. This is a very different kind of immigration. I think De- Derek knows that. Yeah, Derek, are you yeah. seeing
2: that too?
9: So Rita, So I didn't want to interrupt because you got such awesome guests in there, especially the mayor, because the mayor knows better than anyone what he did in New York City when he had real policing and consequences. Like right now, like the judge said, there is no consequences. For the crime, the rule of law is gone in America, pretty much. The two-tier justice system has got to end. And so when you talk about these gangs coming up, of course they're coming up to deliver drugs because they going to make money here. And then they're going to charge our welfare system. They're going to have babies here. They're going to get educated. They're going to have a golden life here with no consequences. So nobody in this, uh, in this room, and you guys, should be surprised that we know what's happening but it's really sad because I deal with the families. 9,000 a month dead from the deadly fentanyl that's coming into this country to drug overdose. 9,000 a month are dying. It's a weapon of mass destruction, killing American kids like we've never seen in the history of our country. More than any terrorist organization, we've never had anything like this. Whether it's Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, they're not killed our kids and our future generation. And no one is talking about it out of that White House. I've asked, and I wish they would have a goddamn... Uh, You know, social media influences summit there with celebrities and professional athletes to start getting the messages out on the video reels so they could tell these kids they're going to die if they take these pills. Unfortunately, they won't do anything like that because it's China and it's Mexico. We all know that. It's sad.
4: Just to go back to what's happening in San Francisco, the concern that I have, if they don't wake up in Washington. Uh, these cartels see how well it's working in San Francisco and how much money they're making. They're going to expand to Philadelphia and all these they other already cities. Have. Like, but I'm saying they already have. they're going to take over these cities. The country is going to hell.
2: Yeah. And we, and, and right now we're spending eight million dollars a day on migrants in New York City. And we have
4: no bullets okay. left.
2: Well, wait a second. This is a small stuff compared to China's watching our
9: reaction on all this stuff. They're putting we had twelve thousand six hundred and forty two already come into America. It was like a 13 percent, I think, increase from last year of Chinese yeah. military age guys coming into our country. We don't even hear about that. What do you think D- they're doing here? What, what are they? Why are they here? Mayor, you know, Derek, counterintelligence you, operations.
0: You know, do you, you ever think that this is a perfect war for China? They get to kill us. We yes. don't get to kill them, and they make money on it.
9: Right. Two I mean, they're,
0: they're, how many died from fentanyl last year? About 100,000? 100, 100,000 at least. We're going to do no, more this
9: year. Th- but By the way, there was 110,000 that they, CDC reported that died from drugs. If you look at New Orleans, for example, the medical examiner just said 95% of the deaths are all fentanyl-related. So our stats from CDC are terrible. There's no accountability on simple educational and statistical data that's needed to identify the scope of this problem yeah Why it's, is it it's, not it's held accountable,
0: and it can end up in oxycodone it can end up in uh in street in, in drugs that people are buying uh that they think are for another purpose well right? and the other thing is young people
2: online rudy are buying it you know they're getting this they're thinking they're getting something else and it's laced with fentanyl and these poor the young people only, only beneficiary scary. of
0: this except for them is china
2: so scary. Right. So scary. Uh, Derek, we just have a few seconds. You're, uh, I'll give you the last word, Derek Maltz.
9: Well, it's an honor to be on this kind of panel with these tremendous American patriots and yourself, Rita. I will tell you that I am very, very upset at what's going on, the lack of action, as our kids are dying at record levels. And by the way, it's not a red or a blue issue. It's red, white, and
2: blue. All Americans should care. Damn right. Absolutely.
0: Great Absolutely. Great job.
2: Derek Maltz, thank you, uh, former he, DEA special he, agent.
0: He was one of the very best. He
2: is one of best. the best. And so are you, Rudy, Judge Weinberg, Craig Eaton. By the way, everybody, what do we stand for? Truth,
0: Truth justice, and the American, American way. way.
11: God bless everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.